Well, good morning. Welcome to Sugar Harvest Church. We're in part four of a four-part series called Elijah, and we're looking at his life. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I um, have, in my life, uh, I have found myself before in a very, very, very dark place, a place that you call depression, clinical, deep depression. I have been there as recently as 2009 for me, and I, I just, how did I know I was there? Why? Well, I, I did not know that I was kind of slipping into this place. As far as I know, I'd never been there before. And so I did not know this. At the moment, this all felt normal, even though I didn't feel normal. Because it happened so slowly, just very gradually. And I found myself at one point just kind of buried under everything in a walk-in closet with the light off, the door shut, and me just burrowed in under everything. I know that sounds completely strange. If you've never been there, it makes no sense to you. But that's how I realized I had ended up emotionally in a very, very bad place. I don't know for you if you've ever been. I know statistics tell us that one in four people will at some point have a clinical deep depression. That's a lot of people, one in four. But I know this, whether you have been there or not, I do know this, you know someone who has. And we're going to journey this morning with a guy named Elijah, and this is kind of the end of where we're going to be following his story let me catch you up with where he's been. He has been on this enormous uh, plateau, this high place spiritually and, and physically and emotionally, just a very big success. All in one day, a big, big success happened. And then he finds himself um, now completely exhausted because of just what he went through on that day. He was physically tired. And now he finds himself emotionally exhausted as well, all in the same day because of all of the energy and everything that was exerted in this day. He's now extremely tired. And so the king, who's very evil, hates Elijah, wants him dead. The king gets to his residence and tells his wife everything that had just happened on this day. And here's what happens in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. When Ahab, that's the king, when he got home, he told Jezebel, that's the queen, wicked, wicked queen, told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. I know this about depression. We slowly wander into it. That's how it happens. It happens very slowly for most people. And in this moment, Elijah has worn himself out now physically, Worn himself out. Actually, when this whole thing went down on this day, then Elijah runs from that mountaintop, runs all the right way to the next town. Physically sprints, runs to the next town. And now he is physically exhausted. Emotionally, he is worn out from everything he has gone through on that day. And that is a beginning. That are, Those are steps toward... Depression doesn't mean you're depressed if you're physically worn out and emotionally exhausted. It is this, though. Those are steps toward depression, and that's where Elijah finds himself emotionally worn out, physically exhausted. Verse 2, so Jezebel sent this message to, to Elijah. May the gods, notice she says gods there, she did not serve the God of Abraham. She did not serve Jehovah God, our God that we talk about, that we worship. She didn't serve him. She served all these little idols 
there were no gods at all. She said, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you, Elijah, just as you killed them, those other prophets of Baal, not of God. Verse 3, now Elijah was afraid. Elijah, who God had taken care of him through all of this ordeal, from the very beginning of this story, God had taken care of Elijah, not let him die, not let him lack, not let him hurt over these things. God took care of him. But now suddenly in this emotionally exhausted state, this physically exhausted state, now now he begins to get afraid. He's not seeing things as clearly as he was. And it says he was afraid, and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and now, listen to this, he left his servant there. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. Elijah leaves the one person who was with him, the one person who was on his side, the one person who was helping him, the one person who could help him now. Elijah leaves him and now goes by himself alone. We do. We, we, we slowly wander into depression. That's how it happens. And this say, when we get a physically exhausted, emotionally worn out, we can begin to shut people out of our lives. Not the, not the people we need to shut out of our lives. We begin to shut the people out of our lives, the people who could actually help us. And it's not that we go to them and we say, hey, hey, I, um, I'm done with you. That's not usually how it happens. Usually it just happens because we emotionally we begin to tune them out. Emotionally we begin to ignore the very people who could help us. We begin to ignore them. Emotionally we begin to walk away from them even if we're in the same room. Emotionally we're not present. We're not there. And here Elijah shuts the one person out who could probably help escort him to a better place. Elijah shuts him out. He is now in isolation. He's alone. And he is traveling now deeper into a depression. He is on the way. The Bible says he sat down under a solitary broom tree and he now prays. He prayed that he might die. I know this about depression. We wander into depression very slowly. And in this case here, now Elijah has forgotten something very important. He's talking to God. He's having a conversation with God. He's, well, he's probably not with God here. He's talking to God. But he has forgotten that God is his refuge. And here he's asking God to be his release, to take him out of this life. He's carrying all of this junk by himself now, emotionally. He's carrying it all by himself, and he's asking God to take him off the map, to just take me away, take me off. He's forgetting that God is actually his refuge, not here to take him away from all of this, but to carry him through all of this. God is his refuge, and he seems to have forgotten. Here's what he says. He says, I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. It's kind of a half-truth there. That's not really all the truth. Yes, he has some ancestors, and they did run away from God. But not all of his ancestors did, and certainly not Elijah. Elijah did not run away from God. 
And he's latched on to some history of his family that's really negative and really bad. And now he's just latched on and he said, I'm just worthless. I'm no, I'm no better. I'm just no good. And he kind of latches on to this half-truth, which is really a half-truth, is really a full lie. And he latches on to it, and he hangs on to it. And we have this same tendency. We have this tendency to begin when we're tired, we're worn out emotionally and physically, and we begin to shut people out. And so when we shut them out, we continue thinking and talking, but now just to ourselves. And here he's having a conversation, and we have the same type of conversation, and we believe these little lies, and we just play them over and over and over again in our mind. And we latch on to these half-truths, these lies. And our minds begin to spiral further into a dark place. And we cannot seem to stop our mind from that spiral. And that's what's happening to Elijah as well. It happens to us as well. But I know this about depression. That while we wander into depression slowly, I know that God can help us journey out. I know this. We slowly wander into depression, depression, but we can journey out. So let's see what happens here. What can we learn from Elijah to maybe help us journey out of a dark place? Verse 5. Then he lay down and he slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him. So God gives this angel a word to say to Elijah. Say this to Elijah. Get up and eat. Get up and eat. So verse 6. He looked around there beside his head and there was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, for the journey ahead will be too much for you. God God is saying, Elijah, I need you to eat. I need you to rest. Or you're not going to be able to do what I have for you down this road. You have to eat, you have to rest, or you can't make it. We slowly wander into depression But I know we can journey out. We have a tendency when we get depressed to just kind of burrow in under the covers, to shut our door, burrow in, and just to to sleep all day, to rest. And if we're not sleeping, then we're just kind of laying there existing. And you might say, but I I just have to rest. I just have to rest. But you're not resting. When it's daylight daylight outside and you are burrowed in your bedroom or in a room and or on the couch or in, and you're just existing, that's not resting. I think one thing we can learn from this: God gives Elijah a special word, and I believe that God has a word for us. If we will just simply rest in his word. If it is daylight outside, we don't need to be burrowed into our room. If it's daylight outside, may we be resting in God's 
word. That is where you will find rest. And that is where your soul and your emotions and your mind will begin to truly rest. If during the day you will rest in his word. And then when the sun goes down, that is your time to rest your body. And let your mind rest. But during the day, rest in his word. Verse 8, so he got up, he ate, he drank, and the food gave him enough strength, listen to this, to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. So he traveled, he, he takes this strength and he makes an enormous journey, but he still finds himself depressed. Verse 9, there he came to a cave and he spent the night there. It's almost as if you could just imagine still a little bit depressed and just burrowing now into another dark place. But the Lord said to him, the Bible says this, the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, well, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel, they've broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets, and I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. You know, we slowly wander into depression, but we can journey out. And here, Elijah has latched on to some of these lies. We don't think clearly when we're depressed. And it's easy for us to latch onto a half-truth or to a lie, a distortion of the truth. That wasn't true at all. Actually, he wasn't the only one left. There were like 7,000 other still God followers who were there. He was not the only one. He had latched onto this. He said, but I just, I'm, the, I'm all that's here. We have to allow God's truth God's voice to begin replacing the lies that we hang on to when we're depressed. Verse 11. So God says, Elijah, go out and stand before me on the mountain of the Lord. On the mountain, the Lord told him. And Elijah, he went. He went and he stood there. And it says, and the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm, like a tornado, came and hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. And in the past, God had shown up before in tornadoes and windstorms and, and showed up in a powerful, fierce way. But here, listen to what the Bible says. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. And God in the past had shown up in earthquakes with, with force and power and in a fierce way. But listen, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And verse 12, and after the earthquake, there was a fire. And in the past, God had shown up in fire with judgment and in a powerful, fierce way. But the Bible says clearly, but God, but the Lord was not in the fire. And listen to this. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. We slowly wander into depression but I know this we can journey out and God will lead us and guide us and nurture us and care for us in a still 
small, quiet voice. Even if we think we deserve judgment and harshness and destruction, if you're in this dark place, I believe God's going to come at you with a still, small, quiet voice. Verse 13. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak. He's still depressed here in his cloak. And he stood at the entrance of the cave and a voice said, What, what are you doing here, Elijah? And again, he replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel, they've broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. And so here's what God says to him. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. Elijah, go back the same way you came. It's almost as if God is saying to Elijah, Elijah, the very journey that you took and, and, and slowly wandered into this very dark place, I'm going to ask you to reverse that. Come out of it. Go back the same way. Let's just do some things a little differently. You were emotionally weary and exhausted and physically tired. Elijah, I need you to rest in my word. Elijah, you began to shut people out of your life. The very people who could help you and encourage you, you, you shut them out emotionally. You walked away from them emotionally. And I'm going to ask you, go get yourself around the right people. Elijah, you forgot that I'm your God. I'm your refuge. And you ran away from me. And I'm going to ask you to go back the way you came. I'm going to ask you instead to run to me. Elijah, you've been focusing on all the negative, nasty Horrible things in your life. Some of them true. Some of them half-truths. And lies. I'm going to ask you to start focusing on something different. Could you imagine if God were telling him, Elijah, instead of mulling over and over and over on all this negative mess that you've been carrying around, what, Elijah, make... Why don't you make you a list, just a simple list, piece of paper, a list of all the things you're thankful or could be or should be thankful for. Instead of all this negative junk, make a list of things that I have actually blessed you with and let your mind land here. Perhaps that could have helped him away from that spiraling trap of negative thoughts. But God said, Elijah, go back the same way you came. Almost as if to say, let's reverse this. Let's do it over. Let's do it differently. You wandered into this place slowly, but we can journey out the same way you walked in. And then he tells him to travel. 
this is a side note here. This is not, you're not going to find this in the Bible. This is just a side note. But God's getting ready to get Elijah up and moving again. To get him out of the cave, out of the darkness, and up and moving. And I just, just a side note. Studies tell us this. Current studies that most depression, not all, but most depression can be solved if you will get your heart rate up for 30 minutes a day with exercise. 30 minutes every single day. Most depression can be taken care of with that. Not all, certainly not all, but a lot. And here God's getting ready to get him up and moving and on. And he says, I I want you to go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And now he gives him this list of things to do. I have made you a prophet and I want you to go do this. Do what prophets do. Get out of the cave and go do what prophets do. He said, when you get to this one town, I want you to uh, uh, anoint this person to be king of this area. He says that in verse 15. And then in verse 16, he says, then you're going to get to this other area and I want you to anoint this person to be king of Israel. And then I want you to go anoint this other man in another area. His name's Elisha. And you're going to anoint him and he will be your replacement. Now, I know it sounds like that God is brushing Elijah off the scene now because he had a bad spell, a bad time, and he got depressed and had trouble getting out. I know it sounds like that God is saying, okay, Elijah, you've blown it, so here's your replacement. But that's not what's happening. Because the truth is that God uses Elijah and he says, you're going to hang out with this guy named Elisha and you're going to mentor him. You're going to teach him everything you know. Everything I've taught you, you're going to train him and teach him and prepare him. You're going to lead the way. You are still the prophet. And in fact, for a long time, Elijah is still the prophet and Elisha just comes along with him now as his servant, as his helper. And Elijah is still doing what God has asked him to do for a long time. It happens and God uses him. God was not done with Elijah. I know it sounds like it if you just read that and stop, but God was not done. God still had a lot of things Elijah was supposed to and did do. And just because you hit a spell or a season in your life where you have a chronic or a a clinical depression, God is not writing you off and he is not done with you. How do I know this? Listen, God was not done with me. If you know my story, the past four years of my life, much of that has been a hell But it doesn't compare to the depression that I had in 2009. doesn't compare. The depth does not compare to what I was in in 2009. doesn't. And God should have written me off. In fact, he, he he should have written me off and booted me. If not from ministry from this earth. But God wasn't done with me. He wasn't finished by his choice. Not because he needed me, because he chose to not be done. How do I know this? 
because of you. I, I know this because of you. Stuttgart Harvest Church, I know this because of you. He wasn't done with me. He's still not done with me. And and I know this, that he is not done with you. Now, great time has passed, and Elijah and Elisha, his, his future replacement, they're walking side by side, and he's still teaching him and training him. And listen to what happens. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly, get this in your mind. This is, this is superhero stuff here. Suddenly, a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire, and it drove between on the ground between them, separating the two men. And Elijah was then carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elijah didn't die. God just picked him up and put him in heaven. His heart still beating. He was still alive. And the Bible tells us and talks about and alludes to the fact that God is still not finished with Elijah. Even though Elijah is not here now, God is still not finished. That's what the word alludes to. He's still not finished with Elijah. And if God is not finished with Elijah who went through a chronic, a a clinical, a season of deep depression and God walked him out of it and God then took him away and placed him in heaven and Elijah who is not here and God is not yet done with Elijah, then I know this, you are here. God is not done with you. He is not finished with you. And here's how we need to wrap this up. I need you to identify what season of life are you in right now? What season of life? I'm going to read through a list of a little thing here, and I need you to identify, yep, that's me. That's the season I'm in. And then I'll tell you what to do with that. But identify it first. Here's the first season. Perhaps you're in this It doesn't matter if you've ever been depressed, never been depressed. One of these seasons will fit your life. Listen to this. God told Elijah this. Elijah, I, I want you to eat. I want you to rest. Maybe you are in a season of your life where you need to rest in God's word. And if that is you, when I said that, your heart said, you know what, Harley, you're, you're right. I, I need to rest in God's word. I do. That resonates with my soul. Whichever season, just latch on to it. We're going to come back to you in just a moment. God told Elijah, Maybe you need to stop listening to lies and half-truths and all this negative mess. And maybe you need to listen to me, to my voice, to God's voice. And allow God to begin replacing the lies that you have grabbed onto. Replacing those with truth. Maybe you're in a season where you need to let go of some lies and hang on to some of God's truth. Replace them. With God's truth. If that's you, when I said that, you were like, that's, yeah, that's probably me. I need to do that. Or maybe you're in this season of life. 
where you need to get up and do. In this case, God said, Elijah, I need you to get up and go do what prophets do. Go do what I've created you to do. Get up and go do that. And maybe you're in a season of your life where God is just saying, you need to get up and go do what I've created you to do. Identify which of those seasons you're in. I believe we can all identify with at least one of those. And now here's our next step for today. The letter A says this. Talk with God this week. And we've added to that a trusted, growing, Christ-following friend about your plan for this week related to that season of life you're in if God is saying you need you need to rest in his word then talk with God and talk with a friend about a plan to rest in God's word this week or if it's for you about replacing lies and negative things with God's truth then talk with a friend talk with God Talk with a friend, a trusted friend, growing Christ-following friend about how this week you will begin to put God's truth, to listen to God's voice, how you'll begin to put that into your life. Or for you, if God is saying it's time to get up and do what I've created you to do. And if you have been in a dark place, that place of depression, then one of these... They could begin the process of you journeying out. And if you have not been, even if you've never been depressed, if you do one of these things, they can be a part of helping you to not wander into depression. I hope you will take a step with us this week. I hope you will circle the letter A and you will do that this week related to the season of life that you're in right now. But I'm going to ask you to do this. I want to close this in a prayer. Then I'm going to talk to you about the giving buckets in just a moment. But first, I want to pray for you. Join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you have shown up in the past, the history of this world you've created. You have at times shown up as a giant wind of judgment and fury. A fierce, powerful wind. God, you have shown up in our history and of this world as an earthquake. You have shown up as fire. You have shown up in powerful force and mighty ways. But God... If we find ourselves in a dark place of depression, I am encouraged that you will show up in our lives as a gentle whisper, as a soft voice. And if we will simply begin to rest in your word and replace these lies and negative things with your truth and get up and do what you have created us to do, that God, you will slowly, slowly journey with us out of the dark place called depression. And we are so grateful that we can rely upon you, our Father, Jesus, our Savior. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, I am. Well, I am. Well, I am.